Welcome to Millennial 724. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. It's so hot. Is it hot where you are? It's hot in the desert, yes. It's always hot in Georgia in almost July, but this is normal for out here. Yeah, that's fair. It's very abnormal for us up here on the West Coast. Specifically, also, I'm not over there, but in the Pacific Northwest, the weather was absolutely bonkers this weekend. It was over 100 degrees, like well over 100 degrees out there. I know they had to cancel some Olympic trials that were set to take place. And there's heat advisories all over the place. And it's said to be moving over towards the Midwest as well. So um, Pam's PSA for the week is don't be dumb and shoot off fireworks around or during the 4th of July, which is coming up, especially if you live in areas that are undergoing these massive heat waves, or specifically if you live in California, because we're in wildfire season, and it would just be a damn shame if it turned out that any wildfires that would be coming up could have been easily prevented. These are like gender reveal parties. They set places on fire very easily when people think they're harmless. I don't. Fireworks should be banned in California, probably. They're banned in most counties around me, but I could walk down the street and there's a stand selling fireworks. I don't know how they do it, but there is a, you know, fireworks are also bad because they scare the hell out of dogs. They trigger people who have been in war. That said, I do now live at a higher elevation where I can see the entire Vegas Valley. I also bought a drone last week, and I am very much looking forward to watching the fireworks from high above and filming them with my drone. And yes, I am now one of those annoying people who is flying a drone, and you're like, what is that motherfucking noise? And can that drone please crash already so I don't have to hear it anymore? Sometimes I see them when I'm in the backyard, and I get really paranoid about who could possibly be filming what? Yeah. Not that I have anything to worry about, but as you guys know, I have the nudist neighbor, so she might be giving a lot of people maybe a free Maybe that show. drone is checking out the nudist neighbor, which of course is a problem. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, so I flew my drone for the first time yesterday, and I was far away from homes because I didn't want people to think I was creeping on their backyards. But yeah, they can be creepy. They're, they're a huge problem, too, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but I like photography, so I wanted to get one. The Pacific Northwest right now, I mean, like literally 110 degrees or so. I think 115, 117, like that's worst of uh, summer in Vegas type of weather. I know. My brother lives in Portland and he just moved this week to an apartment complex with no air conditioning. And he is mad regretting that choice because he was in a place that had AC. That honestly blows my mind that there are places in this country still that don't have AC. And I get it. I I get it because these places normally don't get this hot, but still, it it gets hot during the summer a little bit, right? Then what do you do those days? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really, though. That's the whole thing. Like, a lot of the news coverage about this this heat dome, which is what's causing these crazy high um, uh, heat days, is they're all happening to areas that are not traditionally prepared or used to having such high temperatures. So it's dangerous on a multitude of levels. Also, because I just think that people don't aren't aware of how how they should be operating as well. In England, actually, a lot of homes, even newer ones, don't have air conditioning for that same reason. It just doesn't get hot there. In LA, in a place I lived for two years, it was a very old building, so they didn't allow air conditioning. There were some bad heat waves. I was just dying. I had that when I lived in New York. Um, I was really Mm, fortunate because where I lived did have air conditioning. Most of my friends did not have air conditioning. And I will say there was one summer that I was teaching a class in a building that had no air conditioning and the windows were nailed shut. So you couldn't even open them. (gasps) It was miserable. Wow. I used to try and find excuses to like go down to the lobby or go outside even just because it was so freaking hot. So I cannot even begin to imagine what all of you West Coasters are going through right now because this really is not normal for y'all. Yeah, I mean, like, God, New York is another beast, though, because that's humid heat, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. even in the place that I was living in, we had a unit only in the living room. 
And it definitely was not enough to cool down the entire apartment. Even with like the doors open to the bedrooms, they would not reach over there. So, you know, by the time mid-July rolled around, we were all sleeping in the living room because it's just too hot. My high school in humid uh, New Jersey didn't have air conditioning either. And something that cracks me up about this is that they built a new high school while I was still at high school. Brand new high school nearby. They didn't put air conditioning in that brand new high school because they thought it would be unfair to the other three high schools in the school district. No, (laughs) that's mean. No air conditioning. Why were they like pitting children against each other? (laughs) I know. You all have to die of heat strokes. (laughs) In my high school, it was just like building to building. Some buildings. My high school was like already about 100 years old by the time I was in there. And some buildings were newer and they had AC and other buildings were older and they did not. So Mm. you just kind of had to hope that on the hot days you would be in the in the buildings that had ac i see yeah i guess like the cafeteria did obviously like of course the principal's office the secretary's office those had air conditioning of course they did what the classrooms where the kids and teachers are (laughs) y'all sweat to death we don't care about you i will say after 9 11 when i was in middle school our school had an anthrax scare um somebody mailed an envelope of white powder to the school. And I guess one of the secretaries opened it, saw the powder and immediately started feeling a burning sensation in her nose. So they shut down the AC. Mind you, it's like late September in Georgia. It's still really hot. They shut down the AC, locked us in the classrooms and kept us there until like 530 in the afternoon until they could clear us out of the building. And it turned out that it was literally just like flour that somebody mailed to the school as a prank. And even like 12 year old Laura, I remember being like, why the fuck do they think that anybody gives a shit about Forsyth County, Georgia? Like for real. (laughs) Yeah. Who's mailing we anthrax? We also had an anthrax school. scare out in like the San Francisco Bay Area. Nobody was going to be sending anthrax all the way out to the West yeah. Coast. You know, I told that story about shitting in my high school's hallway. Uh, the reason I did that was so I could get called to the principal's office and get some air conditioning. <laughs> Pretty proud of that little callback there. Um, anyway, I think the heat is making some of my neighbors go crazy. Are you two a part of like neighborhood Facebook groups? Not necessarily for like your region or even your town, but like nope. your neighborhood? No, um, but I, I'm still signed on to the neighborhood app for some weird reason. And so it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I have a Nextdoor account, Okay, but it's not specific. Oh, is that what it's to- called? Yeah, is Nextdoor. Next yeah. Okay. I'm not a part of Nextdoor. I looked at it. Everybody was just complaining all the time. I decided to join the two neighborhood groups. And a few days ago, one of my neighbors posts in our neighborhood group about getting their car detailed across the street from another neighbor around the corner. So the car that was being detailed was across the street from a neighbor. It wasn't on their curb or anything. The car was across the street. While the car was getting detailed and the female owner of the car was watching her car get detailed. The neighbor whose house sits across the road comes out of his house, starts yelling at them for getting the car washed outside his house. They both exchange some swear words. Then the neighbor tells the car's owner, the woman, to eat a dick. Wow. And called her a bitch four times. So it got pretty heated. The woman goes back to her house and tells her husband what happened. Husband comes over to the problematic guy's house. He walks up the guy's driveway and says, you know, hey, come out. Get out here. I want to talk to you. (laughs) The guy whose house it was says, if you don't get off my driveway, I'm going to shoot you. (sighs) The cops are called. The cops are like, well, you did come onto his property, so he can threaten you. The cops say, you know, if you get a couple people together to issue some complaints, maybe we can file a misdemeanor. So anyway, the neighbor who was verbally attacked shares all of this and more on Facebook and says he's now considering getting a gun and uh, because he needs to protect himself and his family. He also asked for more stories about this particular neighbor so he could potentially go back to the cops. So the other neighbors start commenting on the post. I stay quiet. I'm the one who's just kicking back, eating some popcorn, watching the fireworks explode, you know, just enjoying it. A couple of hours later, the wife of the asshole... The wife of the guy who said, eat a dick, comes forward, says a bunch of things that are mostly calm and understanding of both sides of the situation. But then the neighbors continue voicing their concern about her husband. And she goes, there are a lot of emotions right now. 
and I'm pretty sure his anger will escalate if he sees that it's the neighborhood against him. Oh, Maybe no. if he didn't threaten to shoot a neighbor, <laughs> it wouldn't be the neighborhood against him. Like, oh what? my but that's God. also like more reason to file the complaint. Yeah. She right? basically says he has anger management issues. Yeah. Oh, and if you look can at this you... guy, he's like my age, I could tell. His haircut oh, shows man. he has anger management issues. Oh God. Yeah, Andrew's <laughs> theory is he white? He's white. He's a he's of definitely course. a Trump publican. Andrew's theory about white guys with bad haircuts. <laughs> yep. Proven again. Proven again. So they all tried to de-escalate the situation, the wife and some other neighbors. Uh, I guess it was de-escalated escalated because, A, I didn't hear any uh, gunshots for the rest of the day. That was nice. And the post was deleted, which I had a feeling might happen. So I had screenshotted it so I could report on this story here on Millennial. But man, some that was just like... I can't believe you're telling us my husband's not going to like if it's the neighborhood against him. I'm like, well, don't threaten to shoot a neighbor. Yeah. Is he a kindergartner? Yeah, what like, the fuck? And uh, his address was shared. So now everybody in the neighborhood is always going to be looking at the house like. Mm. How how far away are you from this crazy neighbor? Uh, I mean, like right up the street and to the right. Why? <laughs> okay, no, I just was kind of curious about how geographically close this guy is. Like to 15, your house. 20 homes away. Okay, five that's walk. kind of, you got a good barometer then, or like a good breath. Of... <laughs> he couldn't accidentally shoot at my house. It's like around the corner. So I'm, okay, I'm safe. Okay, that's, that's fair. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure a lot of people have seen some crazy stories in Nextdoor and their local Facebook groups. Like, I'm seeing stupid crap all the time. We should talk about all that again sometime. Cause... We should. I've seen oh, some yeah. some winning posts on there for sure. Yeah, we should talk about neighbors reaching out directly about really stupid shit. Um, because I had this happen to me again recently. And I was like, you know what? I'm fucking tired of hearing from you about your dumb shit. And I blocked them because I was like, I'm done. I'm done with you texting me over dumb shit. I don't live there. You know, I don't live there. So it's just like, what what do you think I'm going to be able to do for you? Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I forgot to mention something about the heat earlier. I told Laura this the other day. I received a gift from our dear friends, Mike and Eric, after they went to the Harry Potter store in New York. <laughs> They're like, we're going to send you a gift. I'm like, okay, great. I get it in the mail. I open it up. It's a sweater. Guys, it's June and I live in the desert. What am I going to do with a sweater? It gets cold (laughs) over there. For like a month. Well, you could wear it for a whole month. Six months from now. They got Laura a journal. I got stuck with a sweater. Come on. Is it a cute sweater at least? Yeah, yeah, it's the Hogwarts Express one. It's nice, but come on. I wonder if they were like taking a dig at you because you specifically were like, I don't need another sweater from a Harry Potter store. <laughs> so what do they think I'm going to do with this one? <laughs> anyway, it's the thought that counts. I appreciate that. I just, I had to laugh because, I'm, you know, 100 degrees here and I get a brand new sweater. Thanks. Perfect timing. Um, well, shifting gears into some more somber news here, um, at least 11 are dead and 150 are missing following the partial collapse of a condo building in Surfside, Florida, near Miami. Um, and currently the cause of the collapse is still unknown, but more details are emerging about concerns related to the building's structural integrity as far back as 2018. I wanted to see if y'all have been following this story. It's so shocking. So sad. Yeah, it's really sad. 150 missing. I just, yeah, and That's we know wild. they're all gone, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be excruciating. Um, to be in that community and be watching this and know what the outcome here is going to be. Um, but I think what is particularly outrageous about this is that a structural field survey from 2018 highlighted concerns related to structural damage to the concrete slab beneath the pool deck, as well as cracking and spalling in the parking garage, Additionally, a researcher um, has pointed out that the building shows signs of sinking um, as far back as the 1990s. So it's it's a 40-year-old building. Um, And residents had also reported feeling tremors in the building when another high-rise was being built next door. 
So these all should have been signals that there was something to worry about. And yeah. no one did anything until it was too late. Now I know that um, the city of Miami is requesting any building over six floors to do a structural security check within the next 40 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good thing to come out of this. But it's unfortunate that it took this happening for, um, you know, these structures in South Florida to be evaluated. And the other surreal thing about this is that this is not something that should be happening in America. This is not a third world country. And it's surreal well, to see this occurring here. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, our infrastructure um, as a whole is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of our um, national infrastructure has not um, received much needed funding or updates since, you know, at least 50 years ago, if mm-hmm. not longer. Um, and you have communities like this, you know, Miami, it's get it gets hit by hurricanes all the time. So there should be firmer code guidelines for building safety there. And I know that that was something that um, the city had to upgrade after Hurricane Andrew, when a lot of houses that had been built there were not um, adequate for hurricane weather and a lot of them got completely swept away so the city had to upgrade its code standards and i think it might be looking at having to do that again Mm -hmm. as a result of this i know it's not the same but uh, there was a an uh, editorial piece that came out in the la times a couple of weeks ago and they were talking about basically how the infrastructure in california specifically bigger cities are not prepared for potential larger earthquakes. And obviously we haven't had one out here in about three decades, but it is kind of terrifying to realize like how many of these buildings could potentially collapse or how many even like apartment complexes are not well retrofitted for natural disasters. And obviously this is not what happened out in Florida this time around, but you're right in terms of the fact that, you know, they still have to deal with hurricanes. And so it is something that, um, you would think that there would be stricter guidelines on. Well, and something else mm-hmm. I read is that, so this is right on the ocean. The salt water just eats at these buildings year round. That could have been another big factor here too. Yeah. I think it was a snowball effect, mm-hmm. right? Like there were integrity issues from the very beginning and they've been building on themselves for a couple of decades. It sounds like. So we'll have to um, just keep an eye on the news and see, you know, hopefully they're able to find more survivors and hopefully we can get some substantive um, requirements and regulations around these kinds of buildings, particularly ones built in coastal areas. Yeah. Um, and then a quick update here. So um, Derek Chauvin, who is the police off or former police officer who murdered George Floyd, um, has been sentenced to 25, 22.5 years in prison, um, that point five strikes me as odd. I'm not sure what the point five is about, but I wanted to take everyone's temperature here, um, just because I've seen f- folks on our side of the aisle, as it were, um, both celebrating this as a moment of progress because we've not seen this type of accountability um, before with regard to police officers, but there's also a sense of this isn't enough and we haven't taken it far enough here in order to truly ensure justice. What do y'all think? Yeah. I mean, for murdering somebody, it does seem like a life in prison sentence would be more appropriate. And the max I think was what, 40 years, somewhere around there. And he got a little more than half of that. So it right. seems like it should have been more. Yeah, I, w- I was actually kind of surprised. I don't know why, honestly, um, but I was surprised that that it wasn't higher. Sometimes you see these um, uh, these sentences sentences go down for murder, and they just pile on years and years and years, and uh, and so that was kind of what I was expecting, knowing. The verdict had stood as the last time we talked about this. I think 
what sticks out to me is that there are nonviolent drug offenders who go to jail way longer than 22.5 years mm-hmm. um, for doing way less. So, yes, this it's a step, but I don't know if it's enough of a step, I guess, is my take. Yeah. I have a feeling there's probably going to be more news coming out of this. I think I read that he was considering a plea deal of some sort, um, but... We'll definitely touch base on this later. Um, And then as one of my recommendations for the week, I have two for this episode, actually. I want to recommend everybody go look up India Walton um, and read about her big win in the mayoral race in Buffalo, New York. Super inspiring story. Um, And she seems like someone who can just get shit done. So I'm really excited to have her voice on the political stage. Okay. Well, Pam is going to update us on Britney Spears's conservatorship. She uh, went to court and it was broadcast around the world. I think the internet paused to hear from her as she was speaking. I was on Twitter. It was actually exciting and also heartbreaking to hear her speak. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, this week's episode is sponsored by one of my favorite sponsors, Honey. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. We all shop online, and we've all seen that promo code field at checkout, and then we feel like we need to go and find a good promo code, but who's got the time and patience for that? Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. They support over 30,000 stores online, and it could not be easier to use. You just install the free plugin and forget it. Then when you get to a checkout page, Honey will take a moment to look for the best promo code, then it'll apply it to your cart. I've saved money on so many things since installing Honey a few years ago. Most recently, I was looking for a new case for my phone, and when I was on the checkout page, just as advertised, Honey came to life and gave me a promo code, saving me a few dollars that I wouldn't have otherwise. And those savings add up big time. Honey has found its over 17 million members over $2 billion in savings, and now it is your turn. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. This is one of my favorite sponsors because it's the only one that's dedicated to keeping money in your pocket. It's literally free and installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. I'd never recommend something I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. That's joinhoney.com slash M-I-L-L. All right, Pam, let's talk Brittany. Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes. This was probably one of the biggest stories to come out of last week. Were we all following this when it was going down? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was hard not to, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to cry. I know. And we, we've we talked about Brittany and her conservatorship before uh, quite a few times on this show. So, you know, obviously, we had to talk about this because this is probably the best glimpse into what her life has been like over the course of the past 13 years that we've ever gotten. Um, Of course, you know, uh, there has been a lot of talk going on in the Free Britney movement. A lot of hardcore fans that are super involved in that have always been saying that, you know, even though she seems to be doing fine with all of her little Instagram videos, there's something that's clearly wrong. And last Wednesday, when she gave her testimony in court, as a result of trying to get out of her conservatorship with her father, we learned that that they were actually right. And uh, specifically, she said that uh, she hasn't been OK for a very long time. And she's basically just been lying about her mental state because she thought that that's what she had to do. And she's not going to stay silent anymore. She spoke for about 24 minutes, so obviously we can't go through everything, but I pulled a few highlights here to kind of give you guys a recap of some of the bigger points. And then after we go through these, we can just talk about some of the stuff that shocked us the most. Um, So first of all, she said that her father forced her to tour against her will when she complained she was put on lithium. She also later talked about how the drug was much stronger than the meds that she was used to being on and it made her feel drunk. She said, I quote, I could not have even, I couldn't even have a conversation with my mom or dad really about anything. Uh, She also said that they won't let her get married to her boyfriend or have children. She currently has an IUD and needs a doctor's appointment to have it removed, which her conservators won't allow her to make. She was also 
also forced to pay $60,000 a month to live in a home in Beverly Hills to do a small rehab program. While there, she said she was forced to work without access to credit cards, cash, phone, or her passport, which she likened to uh, sex trafficking. Uh, She said that even when she was at home, she was under 24-hour surveillance, even while getting dressed. And if she ever failed to attend meetings or failed to do any of her work uh, requirements, she would not be able to see her children or her boyfriend. She also went after her whole family, so it wasn't just her father. She said she'd like to sue um, her mom and her siblings as well for allowing this to continue on. Uh, She additionally went after conservatorships in general on the whole, saying that the laws need to change. She said, you have to understand how that is for me every morning. I can't go somewhere unless I meet people I don't know every week in our office, identical to the ones where the therapist was very abusive to me. I truly believe that this conservatorship is abusive. And then we can sit here all day and say, oh, conservatorships are here to help people. But ma'am, there are thousands of conservatorships that are abusive as well. Um, And then a few other bigger takeaways from this is that, first of all, we don't know what has led to Brittany being placed under conservatorship since 2008. That's sealed by the court, so it likely has to do with a lot of medical stuff that's really private. Uh, Because she doesn't have control over her own money, she also has to pay for lawyers on both sides. So that includes the lawyers that her father hired to uh, argue against her. And uh, Brittany's lawyer has yet to file a petition with the court to end the conservatorship. So that is probably coming soon. And she said during this appearance that she didn't know she could petition the court to be released from her conservatorship. Yeah. How did she not know that? Because they've deliberately kept her in the dark about her rights. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. But also, one of my questions has become, does Brittany have access to, to the Internet? That's a serious question. And one reason I feel like she does is because she does appear to be on Instagram. It also seems like nobody is on her side. Forget the family. She doesn't even have her lawyer on her side. The only person on her side seems to be her boyfriend. Is there anyone else who can help her? I mean, truly, she seems trapped. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just awful on all accounts. And it's it's kind of tough to say where things go from here, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean... I guess my first question is, again, we have to concede that we don't know why her conservatorship exists in the first place, as Pam said. But I question whether there is a conflict of interest in allowing a family member of someone who is very, very rich to run that for them. Yeah, he makes a salary off of Britney Inc. Yeah, exactly. So it's you know, like, okay, if if it is indeed true that she needs some kind of conservator, then maybe it needs to be someone who's not a family member, for starters. And I think that's what she's fighting for. Well, that's what she was fighting for overall. Now it kind of seems like she just wants to get out of the conservatorship in general. But when we first talked about this a few months ago, um, she was basically just saying that she wants to transfer the conservatorship to I believe to her lawyer or to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Don't quote me on that. But it wasn't anybody that was like directly involved, um, you know, in terms of like her family or anything like that. Wasn't uh, her sister, Jamie Lynn, also petitioning to she, get. She was. Yeah. yeah. And Brittany dragged her too. Yeah. Basically saying that like everybody in her family and everybody that like works for her has been making money off of her this whole time that she's being she's been forced to to continue working when she doesn't want to with no days off it sounds like as well so everything in here is horrible and like i said i i wanted to cry re- uh hearing britney speak and i have a couple of things i want to say first of all i'm happy for the fans who must feel very vindicated you know they have suspected yes. this for a long time they've been reading the tea leaves one of the big tells and when this all started to really come into the public eye was when she announced the the new vegas show she does this she goes to vegas to like announce it she doesn't speak or anything she pops out of a stage walks down and disappears that was it no like hey guys i'm excited to be here she was forced into that and we heard it from britney herself last week the other thing is, and this is not uh, going to be a very popular opinion, but Britney's speech 
was not very coherent. And I think when you're asking the judge to release you from this conservatorship because you are okay now, which I hope she is, I want to believe she is, this is not the speech to make. Share all this information, absolutely. But I read the transcript and it was a mess. It's it's It doesn't read like it's coming from somebody who is stable. And I hate to say that, but just read it. I mean, she called her IUD an ID twice. She was repeating herself, going in circles. Uh, she was speaking too fast a couple of times. And I get it. She's nervous. Like, I totally understand that. And her life is on the line. But I don't think it's a good speech to make when you're trying to get out of this conservatorship that you are put in because you were mentally unwell to begin with. Well, they'll, well, still, they'll still probably do. I know that she asked in her speech to be released without another evaluation. Mm-hmm. But everything I've read online states that, you know, people are, are saying that most likely she will have to be reevaluated before they decide yeah. one way or the other. So, um you know, I'm sure that that a judge or this judge will cross that bridge when we get there. But I highly doubt that we'll be told specifically why, regardless of whether she gets out of this or whether they they keep her in it and, and appoint somebody else. Well, and this could be a situation of multiple truths, right? It could be that Brittany needs a conservatorship in some capacity, maybe not as heavy handed as this one has been. But it can also be true that the one that she's currently in is abusive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, denying her the right to dictate what is and is not in her body. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of tend to think that that's probably more likely the case. I mean, again, I'm not an expert on this at all. And I could be totally wrong. But I, I will say, I agree, Andrew, some of her speech patterns during that testimony were indicative that maybe she's not totally well. Of course, who knows? They might have had her on drugs at that I was point. Yeah. Say, yeah. So yeah. we just don't know. That's fair. And again, I'm sure nerves played a role. Like, I would be nervous as fuck, too, if I'm talking to a yeah. judge about releasing me from this. And it also reminds me, and all this other info that we learned from her, that she doesn't seem to have anybody on her side, like I said, except for her boyfriend. So what I worry about, like, you know, this is her life, whatever. What I worry about is if she is released, what then? Who does she hire to work with her? Even let's say it's a dream scenario. She gets out of the conservatorship. Then what? Who's protecting her? Who's working with her? She can't do it all by herself. Nobody can, no matter who you are. You need to hire some help. And who can she trust? It seems like there's nobody close to her who she can trust. No. And that's and the I most mean, dangerous thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. I, you know, it's a, d- a different situation, but also somebody that has clearly struggled. I, I was watching parts of that Demi Lovato documentary that came out earlier this year, and it was kind of a very similar situation where it's like, clearly she needs help. So, like, who monitors who gets to be around her? And how do they know for sure that those people are not just yes people and they're actually out for their like her best interests and things like that. So I can't imagine how overwhelming it must be, um, you know, to be somebody like Britney Spears and not really know how you go about getting the right sort of people around you. Yeah. And how you get the rights to dictate how you live your life and whether or not you want to be an active performer anymore. It could be that she doesn't want to do any of that anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she needs somebody who is going to take that seriously if that's the way she feels. Yep. So anything else to say on Brittany? Watch this space. I'm sure there's going to be more. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So changing gears, a couple of lighter topics. I saw this. I like talking about tech from time to time. This one worried me. Instagram is testing putting suggested posts amongst the posts from people you follow in your feed instead of just putting those suggested posts at the end of your feed as things are right now. This worries me because we like Instagram because it's kept the feed simple. That's always been one of our favorite features about Instagram. You just see who you follow. That's it. And it's a simple feed and you see photos. It could be happy if you're following the right people. People were mad when they started showing posts out of order. 
And now this is bringing it even closer to Facebook's and Twitter's defaults. They're junking up Instagram. Please don't do this. They're only testing it, but please, no. Do you guys look at suggested posts when you reach the bottom of your feeds? No, I never reach the bottom of my feed. <laughs> <laughs> You've said that before, too. I don't, I'm hitting the bottom of my feed all the time. I guess I spend no, too much time just, on Instagram. You know what? I spend the most, you know where I spend the most time on Instagram TikTok. is on the, no, oh. um, on Instagram specifically, it's the explore tab. What do you see in your explore tab? Me right now? Let's yeah, see. you. Let's see what's in there. I, I've said all I see is Bruce shirtless guys and national parks yeah it's for me it's well it is a lot of shirtless guys actually funnily but i think it's just like a bunch of pop culture stuff um there's some gymnast stuff right now i guess because i follow um some of the um former olympians uh some beauty shit baking i get really sucked into those like confectionery videos i think that they're so satisfying where people like mold the chocolate and stuff like that <laughs> it's like my version of of slime tutorials i guess the thing um, about yeah. instagram explore is you look at one unique type of image that you don't normally look at and suddenly they're Everywhere. all over your explore tab yeah i look at one yeah. photo of the trump family and suddenly i'm seeing ivanka posts and jared posts left and right That's why i gotta retrain it to show me you know delfs of disneyland <laughs> <laughs> It's so sensitive, though. Like, one freaking photo. Then it's like, oh, you definitely want to see more of this. What do you see, Laura? Were you just looking? Um, So I was just looking. It occurs to me. I don't even know where to find the Explore tab. It's the the search button at the bottom oh, of it's Instagram. Oh, just the search button. Okay. I thought it was a separate thing. Um, So I see some Harry Potter stuff. I see women in bathing suits. Tattoos. Women in bathing suits. Yeah. Checking out some hot ladies on Insta? I guess so. (laughs) I guess so. I follow some hot ladies on Insta, so maybe that's it. Okay. Cool. Did you two know? Well, let me ask you this. How often would you you say you see an ad in your Instagram feed? You're scrolling through your main feed. How often would you guess you're seeing Um, an ad? I feel like I see them fairly often. Yeah, I feel like at least once yeah. per like scrolling session. For me, I just looked at my actual feed and an ad is the second thing that I see. There is an ad, I think for everybody, every two to three posts. I didn't wow. realize this. I didn't realize how many ads I was being served until I started paying attention, until I started counting. Every two or three posts. You I know see what? I just did a little scrolling right now, and you're right. I I had the 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 first ad right after the first post, and then there's three posts, and then there's an ad. We're so used That's to seeing wild. ads, we don't even realize how yeah. often we're seeing they're, them. They're getting better though, because they're clearly they're starting to look like things that I would actually keep on my feed, and that's what throws yeah. me off. But I try not to stay there too long because then I just get more ads of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I right, definitely have right. ads for things like Overtone and Thrive Cosmetics. Um, so yeah, some stuff that I've ordered before, some stuff that I've not ordered, but I guess I've lingered on their ads enough that they keep popping up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, Instagram, I'm afraid you're going to change the feed again, but please remember why we like it. You've kept it simple. Stop it. Please stop it. Quickly, before we plan to move on to politics here, um, I know that Conan O'Brien has bid farewell to Late Night. He's moving to an HBO Max show for weekly appearances. Uh, And I thought that this somewhat marked the end of an era for Conan fans because he's been on the air for quite some time. And he's been with TBS for, what, 11 years, I think? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to see, do we feel impacted by this? And if not this, have we ever felt impacted by a longtime late night host moving on? As you said that, I was thinking of you and uh, John Stewart. I know you absolutely loved him. <laughs> Sorry that, that I answered was... your question for you. <laughs> you did. You did. It's totally fine. Um, yeah, that that one was intense because I'd been watching John Stewart since I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what he retired in like 2015. Yeah. So I had been watching him for over 20 years at the time that he retired from the daily show. And he has an HBO max show coming now too this September. Oh, sorry. Apple TV plus. Right. Yeah. 
I used to be obsessed with Conan when I was going through high school. So I was excited for him to go to The Tonight Show, and then Jay Leno steals it from him. If you have never read up on that scandal, you must. But anyway, uh, yes, I loved Conan. I was sad to see him leave The Tonight Show. A lot of people just felt so bad for him. That's the dream job, The Tonight Show. That's the number one late night show. And to lose it after a short amount of time because uh, the last guy who was hosting wanted it back and decided to take back his word. Ooh, that's bad. Yeah, I thought that that was really messed up as well. And out of all of the late night hosts, Conan was the one that I would watch the most. So it was kind of nice. Well, it, it really sucked, but it was nice that he didn't necessarily just like completely go off air. You know, like we we got to sort of keep him um, in a way when he moved over to TBS, although it wasn't quite the same. And also, obviously, like the numbers aren't the same right? moving over to TBS versus The Tonight Show, Um, especially sad because that was like his dream, you know? Yeah. Like he had talked about it a lot, wanting to, you know, someday do that. And it just really sucked that he never really got the chance. I watched Conan's final episode on TBS. It was really funny. I mean, Conan still got it. He's still a very funny person, exactly like he was 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, hosting The Late Show on NBC or whatever that was called, Late Night. Didn't he say something about um, how to him comedy is sort of the intersection of intelligence and stupidity? Mm. And I thought that was very... um, was very wise. <laughs> <laughs> I watch Colbert's monologue almost daily Me during too. my lunches now. They're very political. He is so funny. He's my number one host right now, late night talk show host right now. I just I sit there during my lunches and I'm giggling like a schoolgirl at all his stuff. Yeah, he actually I think left the Colbert report before John left the Daily Show. And the Colbert report had not been running for nearly as long. No, and that was was a spinoff of The Daily Show. Yeah. Ugh. If you've never seen that, go find reruns of it somewhere. That show was so amazingly good. I mean, the whole point of it was it was um, a parody of the Bill (laughs) O'Reilly brand (laughs) of Fox News uh, (laughs) commentators, and it was just um, chef's kiss. Beautiful. Yeah, you were right, Laura. Colbert Report ended 2014, and then he started Late Show September 2015. All right. Well, we'll be moving on to politics in a moment. But first, we'd like to share another word from one of Millennial's sponsors. This is a sponsor that is absolutely worth the time of day. They're Felix Gray, and they make the best blue light glasses. Now more than ever, Americans are spending more time on computers, phones, tablets, gaming, and on so many other sources of blue light. Between working at home for over a year, podcasting, gaming, and following all of my favorite creators online, I've definitely spent a lot more time in front of screens. Thankfully, Felix Gray lenses filter 15 times more blue light that can make screen time tough on eyes and disruptive to sleep. I'm definitely someone who will get itchy, irritated eyes if I'm in front of a screen for too long without the right eyewear. So these glasses have made a big difference for me, especially on days like today where I'm working and podcasting. I personally have the Hopper glasses in Seneca Mist, and they have quickly become my favorite pair of glasses for work, podcasting, gaming, you name it. They're available with and without prescriptions, and they come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Andrew, I see you're wearing yours right now. How are they treating you tonight? Love them. Looking good, as always, in my humble opinion. (laughs) Get yourself a pair of glasses made for the 21st century and designed for modern, hardworking eyes. You have nothing to lose except maybe some eye strain. Go to felixgrayglasses.com slash M-I-L-L for the best blue light glasses on the market. That's F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y glasses.com slash M-I-L-L. Free shipping, free returns, free exchanges. FelixGrayGlasses.com slash M-I-L-L. All right. So to jump into politics, I want to talk a little bit about COVID. There was an interesting report that came out over the past week, and I thought people could use this if they need to convince friends or family to get that damn vaccine already. The Associated Press reported that 99.9% of those who are hospitalized with COVID right now are not 
vaccinated. What a remarkable win for the vaccine. And what an incredible stat to share with people who are on the fence. Mm-hmm. 0.1% of people who are hospitalized with COVID have the vaccine, but 99.9% are unvaccinated. And in this report, there's a quote from Dr. Alex Garza, a hospital administrator in St. Louis. They said the majority of those hospitalized express some regret for not being vaccinated. That's a pretty common refrain that we're hearing from patients with COVID. Because it is such an easy thing to do and it's free. Free. There's really it as long as you are medically healthy enough to be getting a vaccine, which most of us are, and if you're concerned that you might not be, you should talk to your doctor. But if you fall in the overwhelming majority of people who can safely get this vaccine, this is why you should. Yep. Because it's going to keep you from ending up in the ICU on a ventilator. And of course, we are aware other countries, their vaccine rollouts haven't gone as well as America's has. But if you are in America, there's really no excuse at this point. And when I say that, I'm also talking to my brother, who is still not vaccinated. I texted him a few weeks ago. I said, are you vaccinated? He said, no. I said, why? He said he wanted to get the Johnson and Johnson because one and done. So I guess he doesn't like needles or whatever. I said, Ryan, just go and get the other ones anyway. By the way, he's not working right now. He's turned into a bum. This is a discussion for another episode. He's not doing anything with his life. He could go get a vaccine right now as I speak. And it could be done before. Also, he could go get Johnson and Johnson right now. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We what have they... a surplus of them. Yeah, I, I don't they're, know. They're, what the try, they're like is. giving them away and they're giving all of them away, but they're especially giving away the Johnson and Johnson. Yeah. So I texted him again, trying to see when about a week ago. No reply, which means he's still not vaccinated. Maybe you should just like, no, that's too far. I was going to say maybe you should just drive down there and like pick him up and just take him. <laughs> Well, you know what I wanted to do? And this is also too far. I wanted to call him live on air during Millennial and be like, are you vaccinated yet? Get vaccinated. (laughs) I don't want to humiliate him. But he's also going to be moving home in August. And I said to my parents, you need to make sure he is vaccinated by the time he moves home. Not necessarily for their health, for their health. But now that he's living under their roof for a little while, you can force him to get the vaccine as they should. There's no excuse for him. He's living in. Where is he living? Florida. Oh, my God. Florida's like the cesspool for <laughs> I know. That's a great irony. It just makes me wonder how much of that might be informed by the community surrounding him. And it's not to say that he's more easily influenced than anyone else. I just think that when people find themselves surrounded by a community of skeptics, it can rub off yeah. on them. And I'm wondering... I don't know. I mean, he's he's very liberal. He's, you know, very he was very against Trump and all that. I I don't see that. I think, honestly, part of it is that he knows when he gets vaccinated, it's time to get back to having a life again. And I, yeah. I think he might be delaying that. He doesn't have a job right now. He doesn't do anything right now. He lives with his girlfriend and uh, he's just got nothing going on. And I think he. He knows once he gets vaccinated, he's going to have to go look for a job and become a member of society again. But why do that when I can play video games all day instead? And he does play a lot of video games right now. Well, he should know that even if he isn't going out very frequently, um, you can still get sick. You know, if he's going to the store or meeting food delivery people, like there are still plenty of opportunities for transmission And something that might help is that one new study uh, just came out today actually found that Pfizer and Moderna could offer protection for multiple years. There's been a lot of talk um, in the last few months about how we're probably all going to need booster shots in about six months time. And according to this study, that might not be the case. Um, But again, still a lot of unknown here. So kind of reading over the results, it seemed to suggest that... We may not need the boosters as soon as we thought we were going to need them, but there could be differences in terms of the need um, relative to, you know, whether or not you got COVID before you got the vaccine. Apparently, they're finding in some cases people who got COVID then got the vaccine have a pretty high level of protection because of all those antibodies. 
Um, but again, this is just something to to tell Ryan. I mean, especially with all of these variants floating around, he doesn't want to get the Delta. No. I mean, speaking of the Delta, there have been some cases in my hometown and in my home county. Um, and the I was reading up on local reporting about this, and they discovered that everybody that's been infected with the Delta variant and also been hospitalized for it has not been vaccinated despite being eligible for inoculation. And it's kind of crazy because when you look at where all of these people that did contract the Delta variant are coming from, they're literally in neighboring cities. So that really shows how easy it is to, to spread. Um, one particular small outbreak was really sad actually happened in a school and it turns out that a teacher that was unvaccinated brought it in and infected some of the kids so it's like if you're not going to do it for yourself do it for people that can't get vaccinated because as it stands right now uh, a lot of um well like anybody under 12 can't get vaccinated yet so yeah and that's why it was that teacher's responsibility to get vaccinated because right some of their students might not have been able to exactly and meanwhile, Nevada and Missouri are currently tied for most cases per 100,000 people over the last seven days. Uh, I We haven't had a great, uh, a high uh, rate of vaccinations here in Nevada. And I know it's the same case in Missouri. And I know a lot of states are struggling here, but Nevada and Missouri seem to be the two biggest problem spots right now. I'm not even surprised about Nevada, especially like the Vegas area with tons of tourists coming in and out. They're all getting super close to each other. If you go around anywhere right now, at least in Nevada, I think it's this is the case in a lot of places right now. It's like COVID never happened. Yeah. Plexiglass down, masks off, handshakes back, like (laughs) orgies back. It's it's all back. It's all happening again. I will say something that I have noticed happening more um, is sort of like not in food service per se, but like I went and got my nails done the other day for the first time since the start of the pandemic. And um, my salon is still using the plexiglass barriers, um, which I really appreciated. But they also had notes up on each of the um, stations that were basically like, please tip your technician, ask for their Venmo or Cash App. And it was awesome because the the lady who worked on my nails, like she just held up her um, QR code for her Venmo and I was able to easily tip her. And I was like, yes, these are the things that I want to stick. Yeah. I would love that, honestly. World. Yeah. I went to a fruit, a fruit, there's a fruit stand near me that they, they sell strawberries from their strawberry patch, which is like right behind the fruit stand and I was so excited because clearly these people's children taught them how to set up a Venmo account and it was so great it's like this is fantastic I can just come here now I don't have to roll with you know $20 worth of cash or whatever to buy uh, fruit from a local farmer I can just send some money via Venmo yeah Yeah. I've tipped bartenders that way actually when I didn't have cash I've been like hey do you have Venmo (laughs) Oh, and I should start doing that. They say yes. Huh. Okay. That's pretty cool. You know what I hope uh, never sticks that we had to deal with during COVID? Those damn one-way aisles at the food store during oh, COVID. Oh, my goodness. Those oh, that nobody paid worst. attention yeah. to? Yeah. Nobody paid attention, but I still felt yeah. guilty as fuck going the wrong way. And like, <laughs> you know, you have your routine at the food store. You want to go a certain way. You want to dip into one aisle after walking down this aisle. You can't do it. Oh, I hated it. I felt so guilty. I think I followed those like way more closely than anybody I saw when I would go grocery shopping because most people didn't care. And I was like, oh, no, I have to follow. And like... How did that help anything? If you were I don't exhaling know. your COVID, that's going to linger in the aisle. It doesn't matter yeah. which direction people are but, coming but from. But also, like, we, I think we talked about this. Like, some people just have no semblance of what personal space means. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter if there were arrows saying that you can only walk one way. Yeah. When yeah. I saw those were gone, just the outline of the markers that once were there i was like yes i can get my bantam bagels without making a giant loop thank goodness Did they only recently do that out there because those have been gone since like the fall here oh no for (laughs) me it was like a month ago that they got rid of them i think some of the ones that near me still have them but you know 
It makes sense, I guess. Be careful still. That's the final point I'll make, especially with this Delta variant. And also, I mean, look at the daily cases in the UK right now, skyrocketing. And they had a pretty good vaccination rollout. So it's not over yet. For sure. Well, Axios reported that Toyota is a top donor to Republicans who objected to certifying the 2020 election results. Um, This is also known as the Sedition Caucus of the Republican Party. Um, So Axios reported that Toyota donated $55,000 to 37 Republicans who objected to President Biden's 2020 election win. In response, Toyota told Axios, we do not believe it is appropriate to judge members of Congress solely based on their votes on the electoral certification. Um, So I'm going to come out here and say I drive a Toyota. (laughs) And I was like, I was I was looking at my car earlier and I was just like, fuck you. No, I'm kidding. Bad girl. I love my car. Uh, But I did want to ask y'all, does this information influence who you'll buy a car from in the future? I've never thought about, and I mean, they've been doing it forever, but it's not something that immediately occurs to me when I'm thinking about making a car purchase, which is what sorts of donations or charitable work does this company contribute to? And now I feel like it's just another thing I have to think about in terms of where I want to spend my money. Yeah, I I I also drive a Toyota. I have only ever driven Toyotas. I think that they're very reliable yes, cars. Yes, they are. You two disgust me. But, <laughs> but honestly, the first thing I think about when I think about Toyota is that it's just not an American brand. I never think about them right. you know, donating. But I guess like any large country would, uh, country, any large company is probably donating to somebody. Yeah. And I'm That's sure not thing. just in this country. I'm Mm -hmm. sure that they're donating to political candidates in major countries around the world. So I'm sure we're not alone on this. Um, And it's not even so much that they're donating to Republicans, right? Because I think if you live your life saying that you're never going to buy a product that comes from a company that somebody may have made a contribution to a Republican at one point in time, you'd never be able to buy anything, But I think what's particularly insidious here is that these were donations to Republicans who were effectively staging a coup against our country. And when called on it, their response was to say, well, we don't really feel like we need to judge them based on this one thing they did. That one thing is a pretty big fucking deal, Toyota. (laughs) Well, and then you have to wonder, what are these members of Congress doing for Toyota? They're probably helping them out in several ways. But the point that you two have been making has been my stance as well, that there is always going to be somebody in every single company who donates or supports something that you don't agree with. And they might not announce it, the COO of some wonderful company that you love and, you know, maybe outwardly they're they're very pro-LGBTQ and they're pro-choice and all that. But then maybe the COO actually donates to fringe right-wing causes. He's just not very outspoken about it. Those things probably happen in every single damn company. So when people tell me, oh, Andrew, how could you eat a Chick-fil-A? I'm like... Yes, they are more outspoken and fuck them. And I will remind everybody that when I went to Atlanta, I literally took my balls and put them in the face of the the founder's statue. Okay, I stuck it to him. I literally stuck it to him. I don't want to hear people bitching about where other people put their money because you're not perfect either. You just don't know. Nobody is. And I think what makes it so complicated is, again, to my earlier point, when you're going to buy a car, your top concern should be, (laughs) I want to make an investment in something that will safely get me where I need to go. Right. And last a while. 
and last a while. And Toyotas are one of those cars. I mean, I'm a big yeah. fan of Toyota and Honda. They're my preferred um, brand, car brands because I just feel like they're extremely reliable. Um, their maintenance is low hassle and they last a long time. So it's just hard because I'm like, fuck, I love my Prius. But on the other hand, I don't know when it comes time for me to trade this in for something else. I might move to Honda, depending on what the deals look like, just because this does kind of leave a sour taste in my mouth. Again, if it was just, oh, they donated to Republicans, whatever. But it's the fact that they donated to these Republicans and they're refusing to back off. That kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, to highlight that point further, so there were other donors that came to light in this report. Um, so Coke Industries, which no surprise there, AT&T, Cigna, Navient Corporation, PNC, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, CVS, and others. However, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Walmart, PNC, AT&T, are among the companies that committed to ceasing these contributions to the candidates who refused to vote to certify the election. So at least I can look at some of these companies and think there is some level of morality at play there if you're more conservative leaning, but you were able to step back and say, this is wrong. Yeah, um, that's Toyota great. was not among those companies, though. Yeah. that stop making contributions. And that's what disturbs me. My final point is that I am all for stopping supporting a business if you don't agree with them. I do it too, definitely. Just don't judge other people right. who still spend their money at certain places because, like I said, you are supporting people who you don't agree with. You just may not know it. Yeah, and to drive that point home, you know, you have large insurance companies like Cigna and Humana on this list that made contributions to the um, sedition party or the sedition caucus. And in this country, your health care is largely tied to your employment. So you, generally speaking, don't get to choose who your insurer is if you're getting insurance through your employer. So if mm -hmm. you have Cigna or Humana, and you don't have a choice to switch off of those things, you know, you're also being serviced by a company that has this record. Yeah. Right? So it's just something really important to remember that it's a struggle all around. And I feel like we do a lot better if we, as consumers, view ourselves as like, a team rather than trying to tear each other down over mm -hmm. other people's consumption choices, because that just weakens us and it makes corporations stronger. Your insurance point also made me just think when we support companies and maybe they look a okay, they work with other companies yeah. to assemble their products. For example, Apple, you go to McDonald's, you get chicken that comes from a farm that's probably has a giant hundred foot tall, Trump 2024 side. You just can't win. You can't win. Nope. Okay. Well, on that note, we've been speaking about COVID a little bit today. And in After Dark, we're going to talk about rejoining society, right? Yeah. So I, I've been seeing a couple of articles out in the wild about how uh, some people are thirsty for new social interactions and some people are just like already tired of it. So we're just going to talk about that juxtaposition and a little bit about uh, making friends as adults and it's going to be a good time. I have actually been feeling thirsty for making friends. I was like, whoa, Pam read my mind. So that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you to everybody who supports us. We really appreciate your support. You'll get access to weekly After Dark installments, ad-free millennial, our planning docs, our live streams, which we do on video. If you pledge at the Bay level, you get uh, a monthly hangout with us. We chill on Zoom for an hour. It's always a fun time. And lots more. Lots of benefits. Patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you. Time for recommendations. I want to recommend... <laughs> I'm going to recommend a company we're not really fans of, and I'm not either, but they make a good product. 
Aero Wi-Fi routers. So these are uh, uh, Amazon's routers. Amazon bought this company a few years ago. These routers work so damn well, and they are so damn easy to set up. If you are having issues with your internet and you think it's your wireless router, if it's maybe a coverage issue, something like that, check out the Amazon Aero routers. They could not be easier to set up. Uh, we have great coverage in this house. I was having an issue in this room, and there can't be an issue in this room. I need the best connection possible for all the podcasting and audiophile uploads and downloads and all that. So I added an, an Aero device to my existing Aero network. Boom. Fixed it. I'm so impressed. Um, so in addition to my earlier recommendation, which was to check out India Walton, um, you can follow her on Twitter. We'll link to it in the show notes. I also have sort of a pre-recommendation because I haven't used it yet, but I have ordered mm-hmm. it and it's arriving tonight. Y'all, I bought a massage gun. I have seen those off and on over the years and thought like I've had a little thought like, oh, that would be really nice. And I've never pulled the trigger and invested in one. Now I have because my back is so damn sore all the time. And we're going to see if this helps. I wanted to recommend This Is Pop, which is the new uh, documentary series over on Netflix. I had no idea this was coming out, but I was looking for something to watch on Friday. And I zipped through this so fast. If you are a big music junkie like me, then you will love this series. Um, Every episode kind of tackles a different trend in pop music and really explores the origins of how, um, you know, where it started from and any kind of um, like changes that were made along the way and kind of brings you into the present date of of why the roots of that trend are so important now in pop culture. So there's episodes on like the rise of boy bands and the rise of auto tune and the Swedish invasion. Uh, a lot of stuff I did already know and then a bunch of stuff I didn't. So it's just great for all levels of, uh, of uh, you know, of like music fans, regardless of whether you know a lot about music or if you only know a little bit. And then as a bonus rec, I also wanted to recommend Vice's The Story of Us, which is a YouTube series. It's along a very similar vein, but every episode of that tackles the origins of one very specific song. And they're all sort of... Um, songs that came out in like the early 2000s. So there's a great episode on Vanessa Carlton's A Thousand Miles. There's one on Cisco's The Thong Song. There's one um, on that I'm Blue song. It was out in like the late 90s. I'm blue. So and I'm I'm yep, I'm that's I'm the one. Eiffel 6, is it? Or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so both of those are really fantastic. Uh, if you're looking for just something really fun and informative to check out. Make sure you are following the show for free on your favorite podcasting app so you never miss an episode of the show. You can contact us by writing directly to millennialshow at gmail.com or by using the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. And finally, follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. That concludes this week's episode of Millennial. I am Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, Bye. everybody.